Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had on There Are No Girls on the Internet is with a writer who was targeted and harassed online about how she continues to stay safe while doing visible work on the Internet. Without missing a beat, she said, anybody worried about online harassment should sign up for Delete Me. I signed up for Delete Me right then and there, and I personally recommend it to anyone. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code NOGIRLS at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash NOGIRLS, code NOGIRLS. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. There's no real way to sugarcoat it, y'all. Things are bad. So last night, Politico published a leaked draft opinion from Supreme Court Justice Alito that pretty much lays out the groundwork for the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, the landmark Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion in the United States. And what's really gross and fucked up to me is that Alito based it on a thoroughly debunked anti-choice extremist talking point about abortions being a tool to control Black populations. 
And he also went out of his way to set the stage for this opinion to serve as the basis for undermining other rights in the future, like marriage equality and interracial marriages. At a time when the rights of people of color, queer folks, and trans folks are already very much under attack. Now, this opinion is completely outrageous, but it is still just a draft until the final Supreme Court decisions come out in June. So that means for now, abortion is still legal. And I know things are awful. I'm angry, I'm scared, I'm exhausted, and I am willing to bet that you are too. But it is not all bad. The good news is that this leaked opinion gives us time to mobilize. Donate money to abortion networks by going to abortionfunds.org or tangodi.com donate. People all over the country depend on abortion funds. And their difficult work is about to get even harder. So you can really make a difference by supporting their critical, life-saving work. And the second piece of good news is that in December of 2021, the FDA permanently eased rules on abortion pills, making it easier to access pills online through telemedicine, which will become even more important if and when Roe is overturned. Abortion pills are safe and effective. That's why, though tempting, using scary images of coat hangers to talk about Roe being overturned isn't really accurate or all that helpful. You can visit PlanCPills.org for help finding abortion pills in all 50 states. Access to abortion pills is an issue that has huge tech implications. Because even though abortion pills are safe, the real fight in states that criminalize self-managed abortion is now about online surveillance, both surveillance of people who need abortions and people who help others get abortions. Things like online search histories and chats have been used to create digital paper trails to criminalize accessing abortion pills online. I joined my friends Sam and Annie at the podcast Stuff Mom Never Told You to discuss the tech implications of accessing abortion pills via telemedicine and why it's a win for abortion rights at a time when, frankly, I think we could all really use one. Everybody deserves to have autonomy over their own body, access to health care, um, access to abortion care if they need it. Even the conversation, I feel, is we shouldn't even have to be fighting for stuff like this. But, you know, in the fight for abortion rights, it can be very negative, very taking many, many, many steps back. And so I do think it's important to, you know, highlight when we have something that is not awful mm-hmm. <laughs> happening. And this is actually something I think I'd seen it in the headlines. And I know you and I talked about it, Bridget, a while back, several years ago. And I not I didn't really know much about the abortion pill. So can you can you tell us what it is and how it works? Absolutely. So according to Planned Parenthood, the so-called abortion pill is a popular name for two different medicines used to end a pregnancy. Mifepristone and another one, uh, misoprostol. So pregnancy needs the hormone called proestrogen to grow normally. And mifepristone blocks your body's own proestrogen. And so basically it's just a a combination of pills that you take to induce an abortion. Yes. And I know like, you know, this conversation isn't only limited to the U.S. Was it Ireland had it? Somewhere had a similar Mm -hmm. kind of conversation. It was Scotland. And Annie, you and I, we did that whole episode about um, the changing rules in the UK versus the United States. And so this is definitely a global issue, an issue where like other countries and other regions have have different standards of of the legality of how 
pregnant people can access this kind of medication to get the abortion care they need. Yeah. And one of the things that we talked about in that episode was also telemedicine um, and being able to get it and like from the comfort of your own home and how important that was for a lot of people for this. Um, So can you share the history of this kind of abortion care via telemedicine in the U.S.? Totally. So telemedicine, if you don't know what that is, it's basically when you access your doctor through the internet, through your phone, through video conferencing. That's kind of like the thing for me that makes this kind of a tech story is that people have been relying on that kind of technology-enabled healthcare for a really long time. So abortion via telemedicine has been available in the U.S. since around 2008, when the first formal program began in Iowa. A patient in one clinic can confer via video conference with a doctor in another clinic, and then they would get their pills to induce an abortion. And that video conferencing element, that satisfied a federal requirement that a doctor had to dispense the medication to induce an abortion in a clinic, office, or hospital. And so that was a real instance where technology bridged that gap that satisfied this federal requirement that a doctor dispense, I'm I'm using quotes around that, this medication. And so there are so many reasons why that would be a huge deal for people who are pregnant or really anybody looking for any kind of health care. Because if you're someone who lives in a rural community or a remote community, you can't always get to a, a clinic. Maybe there's not one close. Let's say you don't have a car. Let's say you're just a busy person with a lot on your plate and you can't physically go see a doctor. Telemedicine really is this thing that can really bridge that gap and bring the, the health care that folks need right into their homes. And so Huge, huge deal. Unfortunately, opponents responded pretty quickly, prohibiting abortion via telemedicine in 20 states since 2011. In the U.S., the FDA regulates medication abortion under a set of rules called the Risk Evaluation and Mitigation Strategy, or REMS, which determines how and which doctors can provide abortion pills to patients. There was this really interesting paper called 16 Years of Overregulation, Time to Unburden Mifeprex, published in 2017 in the New England Journal of Medicine, Um, where leading clinicians and public health experts argued that the FDA restrictions were medically unnecessary. And ACLU attorneys noted that the leading medical groups, including the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, support making abortion pills available by prescription at pharmacies. Um, And here's a really good quote from one of the doctors. He says, overwhelming medical evidence and decades of clinical experience show medication abortion to be a safe and effective method to end pregnancy. There is simply no medical justification for these restrictions, and they create a needless and harmful burden for women seeking this care. And I think that really sums up, I feel, what this conversation is about. It's about what happens when there are needless and undue burdens that separate people from the medical care, and including abortion care, that they need. Right. This also reminds me of, because a lot of what you talk about, Bridget, has to do with, yes, the internet and misinformation and disinformation. And I know we've had conversations around CPCs or crisis pregnancy centers and how when you'll type, you know, where do I get an abortion? A lot of times the results will be, like the first results will be um, these CPCs. And I can just imagine for people trying to get access to, to this medication, the same kind of issue there. And then on top of that, People have been arrested, correct? Oh, absolutely. So the SIA legal team, a group of lawyers who specialize in people who have induced their own abortions, knows of 21 people who have been arrested or prosecuted for ending their pregnancies outside of this medical setting that was required, you know, in terms of uh, medication abortion 
or helping someone else do it. Um, this actually might even be undercounted since they rely on news reports to track these cases. The charges brought against people who self-abort can range from child abuse, the abuse of a corpse, or failure to report death. Now, to be clear, none of the women were prosecuted for buying abortion pills specifically, but they note that buying pills online or even Googling phrases like buy abortion pills online can leave a paper trail that can be used as evidence against them in a trial. And so this is not something that is abstract. Like we in this country, people have been prosecuted for trying to induce abortions on their own via pills they get online. Um, a famous case in 2015 an Indiana woman named Pervy Patel was sentenced to 20 years in prison for feticide after she allegedly used abortion pills that she ordered online. Uh, prosecutors claimed that her fetus had been, quote, born alive and that she allowed it to die. But later, her conviction was overturned on appeal. So, again, we are talking about very real circumstances where this this right to access abortion care via pills, via telemedicine online has been really a fraught thing that people have been prosecuted for trying to do. And, you know, we have all of these instances where people have subjected themselves to unsafe, sketchy abortion pills because of the undue burdens that have been put in place to prevent them from getting access to the care they need. The case for the woman in Indiana, even though it's not related kind of brings back the memories of what just happened in Alabama recently with a woman who lost the fetus wanting to have this baby, not trying to have an abortion, but got prosecuted with those same types of charges for neglect of a fetus. And I'm, I'm like, we all were horrified. And had it not been publicized, she probably would still have remained in jail or prison. And it also takes me to what's happening in Texas, as the Supreme Court is now allowing the bounty law, that's what I'm calling it, I know that's not what it's actually called, for it to go. And I'm wondering how this is going to affect uh, if people are trying to access abortion pills. And we are, you already said, I believe that 20 states are not allowing for this type of access in any way. So I'm guessing Texas is one of those. I'm also guessing Georgia is too, <laughs> that how this is going to affect even more so in trying to prosecute uh, those with uteruses or those who are helping trying to get access at all. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it really underscores just what scary, dire times we are in. You know, I remember talking to my mom about, you know, when she was coming of age, protesting for, you know, abortion on her campus, trying to get access to, to birth control pills. And she once told me, she was like, oh, when I was doing all of that back then, I knew at least when I had a daughter, she wouldn't have to sort of fight these same fights, that these fights would be over and done with at the time my daughter was here. Well, talk about, you know, predictions that didn't come true. <laughs> she was wrong. Here I am, her adult daughter, still having to deal with this kind of stuff. And so we are in a really scary time for abortion access, for anybody who cares about abortion access. And that should really be everybody. Everybody, regardless of gender, should care about this. And so I, I agree with you. I, I think that sometimes I'll see, like, I think it was Chris Hayes who tweeted something. And, and I like Chris Hayes. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, get down on him. But he tweeted about, I think, the Texas abortion bill, like, oh, I think that we're going to see 
miscarriage is being criminalized next. And it's like, I hate to break it to you, Chris Hayes, but <laughs> we're there. That's happening. You know? <laughs> you know, this is exactly that same level of like, oh my God, we're still fighting for access. We're still trying to have this conversation about bodily autonomy for those with uteruses, those who are non-binary, like trying to figure out how to even have rights at all. Like, honestly, seeing the news, as I talked about earlier, I was like, but, but waiting for, you know, the hat to drop, waiting for, oh no, it's going to go fall apart. I'm trying to figure out how even, how the FDA even came to this point. How did we get here? Which is amazing, but how? Well, I actually have an answer for you, which is like, as much as I hated COVID, (laughs) we kind of have COVID to thank for this important change. And so this new change, to be clear, um, it's not going to impact everyone in every state, like you said, But the reason why we have it is because of COVID restrictions. And so in 2020, during the pandemic, medical groups filed a lawsuit asking that the in-person dispensing requirement be lifted because the pandemic meant that patients were faced with a greater risk of being infected um, with coronavirus if they were visiting uh, clinics in person to get pills. And so a judge granted that request this that summer. But after a challenge by the Trump administration, of course, the Supreme Court reinstated the restriction. In March, medical organizations tried again, writing to President Biden and Vice President Harris. In April, the FDA decided not to enforce the in-person requirement for the duration of the pandemic and allowed uh, these pills to be mailed to folks. And again, yesterday, the big decision is that that change, which at that point was temporary, is going to be made permanent. And so, you know, the pandemic, I hate it. I hate it, obviously. <laughs> but this is one of those things where I think that the people who were fighting for these regu- this, this regulation change really saw a way to be like, you know, it doesn't make sense to ask people to go in person to get the abortion care they need, particularly during a pandemic, and then being like, and also shouldn't we just end it altogether? You know, I really appreciate them kind of like the strategy of this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, you got to find your, like you said, your wins and your chances where you can. And if it's a pandemic, well... So could you go into just a bit more like what exactly this this ruling is means in terms of like, yeah, the the states and I, how, how it's like specifically impacting different states and um, just what does it all mean, Bridget? Totally. <laughs> so I want to make clear that like it is important to know that this will not impact everyone in every state, as you said, in 19 states, mostly in the South and the Midwest, telemedicine visits for abortion are banned. and so. That really, you know, there's really no change in those states. And and then, you know, because everything is awful and that because, you know, the powers that be are constantly chipping away at our rights and our our access to abortion care. um, We do believe that conservative states are expected to pass other laws to further curtail the access to abortion pills. And so even though, again, I feel like this is a win I want to be clear that it is not a win that impacts everybody. And so this means that people who live in states that do not allow telemedicine for abortion must travel to a state that does. Although, and this is kind of a weird point, they do not have to visit a clinic. They may be in any location within that state for their telehealth visit, even inside of a car. They may receive pills at any address in that state. Uh, So again, it, it just seems like such a weird, obviously bullshit 
burden to be like, well, if you're in this state that does not allow for telemedicine appointments for abortion pills, you can't get them. But if you drive to a state that does allow them, you can just sit in the Wendy's parking lot and have a telemedicine visit over your phone in your car. And then that's all good. That again, it just seems like it's really reveals that this is about putting ridiculous burdens and barriers to prevent people from getting the abortion care they need. Like, what if you don't have a car? What if you don't have the financial means to drive to another state? What if you have to work or already have kids and don't really have the ability to just like take a trip like this? It seems like such an obvious way to just prevent people from getting the care they need. And like, to me, it just like my bullshit alarm goes off. Like this is clearly just like, let's just make it hard for people to get the care they need. Yeah. I mean, this is such a like a much more superficial problem, but it reminds me of when I was a kid, um, we would drive to the border of Alabama and where I'm located in Georgia and we'd right on the border, there'd be all these fireworks. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) We would get all these fireworks and I'd be like, but if they're illegal in Georgia, my parents would be like, you can't sell them, but we could shoot them off. I'm like, that right. makes no sense to me. <laughs> right. That's absolutely right. I was thinking the same thing with like alcohol sales, you know, within the Southern states, like they were very restrictive up until a certain point. So people would cross borders to go get alcohol. So uh, for the long yeah. time, Georgia couldn't sell it on Sundays. So people would go to Alabama, like that would have access to it. Again, this is very like less harmful <laughs> than any other, other stuff. But it is also very reminiscent of the fact that they are shutting down clinics in certain states. And so therefore, we have to access clinics maybe two or three states away in general. And honestly, we've been watching what's happening with Poland as well as they have had one of the harshest restrictions and bans um, in the world as well. And it's fairly new. And them talking about the fact that they're having to do essentially underground networks to get access to pills and to uh, any type of reproductive health access by traveling across country border lines in order to get access. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today 
We'll even give you a hundred dollar credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Y'all know I love the internet, but a sad truth about it is that it can be a scary place, especially for women, people of color, and trans folks. We've talked to people on this podcast, whistleblowers, activists, and advocates who are making technology safer, who then become targets for doing that work. But the truth is, it can happen to any of us online. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information you don't want online and makes sure it stays off. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter code nogirls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash nogirls code nogirls. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment. Whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. And yeah, that's exactly what's happening uh, in that level uh, statewide for us that, yes, for some of these, they're going to make it so difficult that you are, you will have to plan as if like you have to be away for a week to get a pill um, in order to get any kind of access. And if you can't afford it, sorry, then you're not allowed it. Yeah. And so just like what's happening in Poland, we're seeing some a bit of that here in the United States. So states like California and New York, states where you can access abortion pills via telemedicine, they've taken steps in recent years to further solidify access to abortion. And they're expected to increase the availability of telemedicine for abortion pills, specifically to provide opportunities for folks in other states with these kinds of restrictions to obtain abortion pills by traveling to their state to get them. And so we are seeing this thing where other states that, that allow this are probably going to be stepping up so that people specifically so that people who live in states that, you know, they can't access this can get them. And so it is it is a little bit like that. And, you know, even though this is a win, we shouldn't have to be doing any of this just to get abortion care. Like nobody should have to jump through ridiculous hoops 
to get medical care that they need. And so this is no different. And so I think of this as a win, but I just, I have to keep like harping on that, that we shouldn't have to be fighting this way and like celebrating these sort of like incremental tooth and nail wins for something that like should just be a right that everybody should have. Yeah. And these pill-based abortions are actually pretty common, right? That's right. And so especially in the pandemic, the Teleabortion Project, which is a research program authorized by the FDA to conduct telemedicine appointments and mail pills, has heard from many people. And they're saying that they have really seen from folks using their services that people are really stepping up the amount that they are seeking these kinds of services since the pandemic. Elizabeth Raymond, uh, she said that of the 2,083 abortions provided under the program between July 2016 and October 2021, more than a third, 715, occurred during the pandemic. And that really mirrors what the CDC has found. The CDC found in 2020 in some states, including Indiana, Kansas, and Minnesota, the method of uh, pill-based abortions accounted for the majority of abortions, according to state health department records. And the CDC also found that 79% of abortions occurred before the 10 weeks gestation period, suggesting that there are many, many, many more people who would probably choose abortion pills over an in-clinic procedure if they could. Um, another great resource, Abortion on Demand, which is an online platform that provides physician-supported medication abortion care online, said that they have seen a lot of growing interest uh, in pill-based abortion since the pandemic as well. And so it makes complete sense that at a time when it's like not safe to leave your house, that people would be turning to the internet to get the kind of care that they need. And even beyond abortion, you know, I, when the pandemic started, actually very early into the pandemic, this is like a little bit embarrassing, I had a, um, a cyst on my butt cheek and my doctor had switched to telemedicine only. And I remember thinking like, well, certainly she's not going to want to like have me take down my pants and show her my butt cheek over, you know, FaceTime. And that's exactly what I did. And I was able to get the care that I needed. And so obviously we should not be putting unfair barriers in place when I think that the pandemic really showed how important it is to use the technology that we have to access healthcare. Right. And I know there are stories you can find out there of people who said like why it was so important to them and why they wanted to be in like their kind of, you know, home or where they felt comfortable when they did this. Um, but also, unfortunately... A lot of times going to an abortion clinic can also not feel safe because there can be people protesting outside and that makes it a much more stressful experience. And and speaking of, I'm sure um, not everyone was happy about, about this news. Oh, of course not. So uh, anti-choice groups were not happy about this announcement. The Susan B. Anthony Foundation said... The Biden administration today moved to weaken the longstanding federal safety regulations against mail order abortion drugs designed to protect women from serious health risks and potential abuse. So here's my question about this. First of all, how and why would someone be abusing these abortion pills? It's not like they like take it from me. They do not get you high. The <laughs> side effects that you might have are like mild nausea. I don't really think that people are like, ooh, I can't wait to, to get these drugs to induce mild nausea. It's going to be a wild time. Can't wait to abuse them. So already have some questions there. And then doctors make it clear that pill-based abortions are safe. A research program by the FDA found that 95% of the 1,157 abortions that occurred through the program between May 2016 and September 2020 
were completed without requiring any follow-up procedure, patients made 70 visits to emergency rooms or urgent care centers with 10 instances of serious complications, the study reported. And so that's really like pretty good in terms of, you know, the safety of this. Like doctors have made it very clear that pill-based abortions are not unsafe and telemedicine abortions are safe. For all the reasons that you just said, Annie, they can be more convenient. Maybe you don't want to go to an abortion clinic where there's going to be people shouting at you when you're already stressed. Uh, maybe you have to work or maybe you can't afford to get to a clinic. Or like, There are so many reasons why someone would choose to you know, access the care they need through telemedicine. And it's, there's not really a lot of reasons why we are regulating it in this way. And one thing I also want to point out is that this change is obviously like very long overdue, especially when you consider that out of the 20,000 different prescription medications currently regulated by the FDA, these abortion pills are the only one, the only one the FDA previously required to be dispensed in person, but permitted patients to self-administer. And so that really, I mean, like of all of these medications, this can't, like, why is this the only one that had this unfair burden to access? This is one of the only medications that are given to people with uteruses and those who need reproductive (laughs) health. Like essentially, this is why we know these answers. And I find that fascinating um, because as we're looking for the future and of course, I think part of the reason like I'm and Annie and I are both like hesitant in celebrating is because we are in Georgia run by current governor Brian Kemp, who has absolutely put into place every restriction that you can think of when it comes to accessing any kind of health care <laughs> in general. And I say that very loudly as he is threatening to shut down any connections with federal assistance when it comes to uh, coverage in the state at this point in time. And I think one of the things that we are talking about and trying to be very loud about is that these groups are not focusing on the women. Obviously, it is a literal fight about what is moral in their eyes. And for a Bible Belt area of such as Georgia, it is a constant battle trying to see how to combat uh, these really generalized slash false narratives of the harming women as if they're truly trying to ha- save women. What is actually they're trying to prevent women to get good access and uh, good health care at all. So it's kind of one of those moments of like how, and I guess, honestly, the pandemic has shown a lot of light about the fact that when it comes to morality and conspiracies, they don't care if it's from science. They don't care. That's true. About the truth, as we have learned. Um, And I find it interesting that as we are trying to focus on this, what what are some ways that we can maybe advocate for ourselves, for people like Annie and I who are stuck in Georgia right now, for more access to these things? Oh, what a good question. I mean, first of all, I just have to honor what you just said, because we are at a time where it is scary and the threat is real. Anybody who told you like, oh, they're not going to overturn Roe, like, you'll be fine. Like, we're not going to go backward. They were incorrect. They were telling you something that wasn't true. And I, 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 I'm sorry to have to say that, but here's, here's the reality of where we are. And it's, it's very real and it's very scary. And I completely understand the urge to be like, well, this is happening. It's inevitable. Our rights are going to be rolled back. Women are going to die. People are going to die. This is going to be bad. I, anybody who's feeling that, that exhaustion and malaise, I'm with you. I get it. All I can say is that now is not the time to retreat. 
Now is the time to dig in. And so I have to really lift up and amplify all the amazing people who are doing the work on the ground of protecting abortion access. I want to shout out a few people right now. Uh, my colleague at Ultraviolet, Sonia Spoo, who is incredible. Um, my friend Renee, who is doing a lot of work around abortion storytelling and just like helping people understand how many different people are impacted by abortion care and need abortions and like someone that you love has had an abortion. And then if you're looking like, what can I do? Absolutely. Now is the time to be supporting abortion funds around the country. If you've got a local abortion fund in your, in your community, throw them some money. If you've got some extra money, you can go to abortionfunds.org and find out. You know, people are doing a lot of organizing of making sure that people can still get the access to care that they need. So definitely support those folks. Also, urge your lawmaker to uh, support the Women's Health Protection Act. You can go to weareultraviolet.org and find our petition demanding the Women's Health Protection Act be passed because we need, now is the time that we need to be fighting with all that we've got. I know it is scary. I know it is hard. I know we've all been through a lot, but now is the time to really dig in. And I think like, when I, like one of the things that really gives me hope in this fight are things like abortion care networks, are things like just individuals doing what they can. And so I know that we got us. Our, the government might always, not always have our back. Our elected officials might not always have our back, but we have our own backs. And so this fight is hard and long, but I know, I know that we got, we got each other. And so that's the one thing that really gives me hope. Oh, so well said. I know. <laughs> I think I needed it because yes, I've been very stressed. I know we talk. all are. Um, very concerned and worried. Mm -hmm. But that was a nice, a nice bow on this. <laughs> Our last recording with you, Bridget, in 2021 and some excellent advice as always. Hang in there. Yes. Hang in there. We can do this. <laughs> we can do this. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was supposed to be low-key there <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what i call you samantha low-key so low <laughs> very low-key <laughs> yes yes well thank you as always bridget for joining us um and bringing this topic it is always such a a delight to have you have fun. You're about to leave for your, your weirdo Christmas, correct? That's right. In a matter of hours, I will oh. be wearing a fur hat, like probably pretty drunk in the woods <laughs> under the moon. <laughs> the best Self -care Christmas ever. is important in, in, in this whole conversation. <laughs> yes, yes. Have a lovely time. Um, where can the listeners find you? Well, you can find me all over the web. I'm at Bridget Marie on Twitter and at Bridget Marie in DC on Instagram. Please follow me. I'm trying to get my followers up. Well, please follow. And you can follow me on my iHeartRadio podcast. There are no girls on the internet where we have all kinds of interesting conversations about culture and technology and gender and race and the internet. So please, please check it out. Yes, go check it out. It is fantastic. And... As always, if you want to contact us, you can. Our email is Stephanie at MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. 
during High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop.